Hi, it's Mimi. Welcome to our new weekly Mimi Moments, a new series focusing on short, impactful excerpts from some of the most powerful conversations that I've had on the show. I hope it elevates your day. And if you want to hear the whole episode, there's a link in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Enjoy. There's three things that stick in my mind that really were catalytic in what I call a quantum shift. Most men will go through a quantum shift somewhere between 38 and 45. Women, will, it'll be earlier. And that quantum shift is when we start realizing no matter how pragmatic we are, most people, this isn't everyone, but most people start realizing that there's a bigger picture. And for me, there's three catalytic things. One started with my father. I grew up completely broke. My dad left when I was five. When he left, he was my hero. Six kids, single mom, working two jobs. One as a teacher, get home, pack dinners into a station wagon so she could fill up turnstiles at the 7-Eleven with greeting cards. Me in love with my father would tell my mom as we drove in that car as she would tell us you know doctor lawyer failure fetus isn't fully developed till after graduate school her two secrets of parenting was wake us up at 5 a.m and make sure you know that guilt was always present to drive us to the yeah. successes that she wanted I would tell her why she's such a loser because my dad was so successful. Mm -hmm. He had this beautiful new wife that was closer to my age than his and <laughs> my mom never would say a word and that led to this catalytic event that my dad at 10 years old forgot my birthday, which really hurt my feelings, but it wasn't something that would change my relationship. What changed my relationship with my father is when he forgot my birthday, I called him crying because he didn't live in the same city anymore. And I lived in California, he lived in Houston. I called him crying and I said, how could you forget my birthday? And he should have said, because I got six goddamn kids, I don't mm -hmm. live with you. There's a lot of dates. I'm a busy, pragmatic businessman. I live in the scarce world of money and hot wives and whatever he lived in. And I forgot, instead he lied to me and said, I don't believe in birthdays. And instantly at 10, I wasn't stupid. I'm like, dude, you believed in birthdays last year and the year before, and you believed in my sibling's birthday. And I realized at 10 years old that not only was I complete shit to my mom, but more importantly, you know, I was, you know, my father was, I mean, a liar. He was a cheater. He was a manipulator and an overseller and a back end seller. And because he did that to me, he must not even care about me to tell me something that stupid. So when I was 30, coming to the catalytic event, my dad gave me a birthday present. I didn't talk to him really. I hated him. If I talked to him, it was out of formality. Even when I got married, he told me, you know, send me 10 grand so I can be the big shot at your wedding. And I, like, this is the kind of shit I had to put yeah. up with. You know, never paid for law school. Never, like, any, wouldn't even go to my law school graduation. So I was pretty bitter by 30. He gave me a birthday present. He gave me a jacket, a sport coat, and in it, he torn out all the pockets. So I called him. I'm like, are you torturing me? Why would you give me this jacket? I can't wear the jacket. He said, I gave you the jacket to hang in your closet to remind you of me. And I said, what, that you're an asshole? That you're a liar? You're a cheater? He said, yeah. He said, all of those things, but I want you to remember that I don't want you to be like me. I want you not to be the richest man in the cemetery. I want you to look at that jacket and say, I'm going to be better than my father, and I'm not going to die the richest man in the cemetery, that I can't take right. anything with you when I'm gone. I hung the jacket up and never looked at it. Second event, I went golfing with my best friend. I known him since I was in the fourth grade. I asked him why you don't hang out with me when we we're playing golf. Mm -hmm. This is my best friend in the world. And he said to me, because I don't like who you hang out with. I was a multimillionaire, married, dream house, dream cars, dream wife, dream children. 
and here's my best friend telling me this. And I looked at him, I'm like, well, I'm not like those guys. Mm -hmm. Dude, look at me. I'm want to share everything we dreamed of when we were kids with you and you won't even play golf with me. What what are you talking? I'm like those guys. I'm not doing what those guys do. And he looked me right in the eye and he's like, Dave, you can lie to me, but don't lie to yourself. I fought through crying the whole round of golf because I was so hurt. Two weeks later, uh, I was already running the most notable sports agency in the world. I had an incredible business career from West Publishing, which sold for $3.4 billion, into the Millaware space in the Silicon Valley, into CEO of the first smartphone, into CEO of the most notable sports agency. I was on top of the world, and I lied to my wife. I actually left the home to go to a business meeting in a suit, changed into cool clothes so I could go to the Grammy Awards and sing on stage at House of Blues with Little John. Came home 5.30 in the morning, drunk, high. My wife was waiting there. And for the first time in her life, I've never heard her say this to me. She had told me I was lost. She had told me she's angry with me, but she had never told me that she wasn't happy. And for the first time when I came home, she told me she wasn't happy and she wanted to talk to me in the morning. I got pissed. I was like, what are you talking about? She actually said, you're not a rock star. I'm like, I may not be one if I feel like one. And I was so mad. I woke up in the morning so mad. I was going to call a divorce lawyer. And I was resentful and offended after providing her everything and doing everything that I could for her. Nothing about me <laughs> that she would even dare say she wasn't happy and she was going to leave me. I was ready to do that and I went to go get dressed and go talk to her and I went in the closet and guess you know the universe always puts you can look for 20 years a book could be on the shelf for 20 years and all of a sudden it looks out at me guess what was staring right at what? me that jacket that jacket my dad gave me I was just staring. Right I haven't now. seen it right and I'm I'm like and I started bawling and all I could think of is I am my father I am a liar I'm a cheater I am an overselling, back-end selling, manipulating person. I'm an awful person. And no wonder this is the first time in my life I'm not happy. And I went out, talked to my wife, told her how I felt. And I said, I'm going to look for forgiveness for myself and from you. What do I need to do to fix things? That's who I am. And she was completely gracious and forgiving and said, you need to take stock in who you are and what you want to become. And so I went back. I outlined my book, Connected to Goodness, which based on gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration, and started practicing those things. So these four things, these tenets, mm -hmm. these foundational tenets, anything that happened, I started asking myself, is that what a gracious yeah. person would do? I look through life with three lenses that most people don't. So the lens of productivity, the lens of accessibility, which is a duality. And then the final lens has always been there is gratitude. I look at everything like, wow, the universe is pushing me to more. Oh my gosh. And it's such a great practice. Nobody's grateful all the time. I break all of the lessons that I've learned every yeah. day, but I love the fact that how much I am grateful and how I can be grateful when someone tells me to take the trash out or I, yeah. I told a story. This is how gratitude is so powerful. My wife was pissed because we had to get a new TV installed at our beach house. TVs are cheap today. <laughs> Thank goodness. She called me. She's like, oh, my God, they're trying to rip us off. 550 bucks to install a TV. I said, just call Best Buy. They do it for $99. And she said, well, I can't believe we've been using them. They've been overcharged. I said, you know what? I'm not grateful. In my mind, I stopped. I said, you know what? I want to call them. So I called them up. 
with complete gratitude. No need to be offended, no need to be right, no need to be resentful. And I said, hey, I just wanted to call you because you guys have been doing a lot of work for us and I've always never questioned the price. And now you wanted $550 to install a $400 TV. Mm -hmm. That's already, you're just replacing it. You're not putting brackets up, you're unscrewing it. I just didn't have the time. I said, I called Best Buy and they offered to do it for $99. I just wanted to know why you were charging me so much. And so I said, is it because you need the money? I said, because if you need to make your rent or you, it's Christmas is coming and your kids don't have gifts, I just want to tell you this right now. I'll send $1,000 a gift to your kids if that's the issue. If you can't afford your rent, I will pay your rent. I just decided I want to know why. Why would you charge that much? And the guy was silent. And he said, well, I'll do it for $99. I said, no, 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 I, I, I'll pay you whatever you want, but I want to know why. I really want to help you. I want to be of service. What is it? And he broke down crying, saying he's short on money because of the holidays. I said, oh, here's what I'm going to do. Why don't you charge me the $99? And I said, I'm going to leave an envelope for you for a Christmas gift. Does that sound fair? And he's, he's like, really? I said, yeah. I said, I want to be charged what's fair, but I'd like to give you a gift. I said, because I wouldn't be in the place I am without other people helping me. I also hope that it impresses upon you that we're all here to be of service. We all have something to give, and I appreciate it. When he came, which was just this weekend, he literally could not receive the money. He installed it. He wanted to do it for free. I had to force them because the guilt, right? And I said, no, you're now stopping the flow the other way. I said, this is going to someday... Right? You're going to have a great Christmas now. You're going to enjoy this. And someday you're going to do this for someone else. This is the way the universe works. Yeah. The old Dave Meltzer would have torn him apart, used Best Buy or not. Mm-hmm. But now what does that do to someone that needs to have a good Christmas? Feel terrible about himself. Right. And then he's more desperate because he lost a job mm-hmm. that he could have made 50 bucks on and he lost his reputation. I never use him again. I own a bunch of different things and owe people who know own him different things. I can explode his business because I can call him and say, hey, a really nice guy needs help. Mm-hmm. Do you have any work for him? That's what I do. And people don't take that perspective. They don't live in the Meltzer kaleidoscope. They sit there and they live with a need to be superior, inferior, separate, offended, angry, frustrated, anxious, all the needs of the ego, which I live in every day, but get back to center faster. I hope you enjoyed this Mimi moment. Don't forget to follow or subscribe to the show to never miss an episode. Thank you so much and we'll see you next time.